the Engage 8 podcast. Joined by a new show on the our new guest on the show. We got Robbie Elliott here. Robbie, say say hello. Uh, talk a little bit about yourself and like, you know, what what's led you to this point? Yes. <laughs> uh, new, obviously, week zero last week. You know, haven't had a little bit of a talk up to this point, but like now football is here, man. We get to finally have a lot of content to finally talk about. Not as much as there's going to be next Monday, but, you know, obviously, I mean, we'll probably talk about it on Tuesday because, you know, the holiday, but. You know, and we got to watch Clemson and Duke play too. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's just get into the swing of things. Uh, talk about the San Jose State versus USC matchup. What did what did you see out of this as I pull up the uh, game cast or the box? Yeah. Right, and I mean, obviously, Siobhan uh, Cardorio is a very electric quarterback. You know, can do it both through the air and with his feet as well. Conley was a big explosive uh, running back for San Jose State as well in this game. And I think this story of this game, obviously, the, the USC, I talked about this over the spring and the summer, uh, the USC receiving room is about as deep as it gets. You got Taj Washington dog Zachariah Branch obviously the number one ranked player according to 24-7 in the 2023 class you got Dorian Singer from Arizona who was really productive and ended up scoring a touchdown and having a couple key receptions in this game Mario Williams returning Brendan Rice who's obviously Jerry Rice's son on this team last year Deuce Robinson and then yeah I mean like there there's this team's very deep even Relique Brown who's a running back wide receiver hybrid that we covered as well I my problem with this deep this team is the defense, obviously speaking. Like they they're still arm tackling. I will say though, their front four and their blitz packages they're very aggressive. Like I saw Mason Cobb, the transfer from Oklahoma State, getting in the backfield constantly. And I think if there's anyone that they're gonna lean on on this team, I think you go with Mason Cobb, a guy who's experienced at Oklahoma State, and. You know he he's just got a will to go get get after the football and go make plays for this team. Right. 
Even the even in, in the running back room too, you got Marshawn Lloyd, who was pretty produ- productive on the day. He was able to get big third down carries, you know, able to rush for first downs. And I will say one of the notes that I took is I think this rushing attack could actually be like a very solid ground and they're not going to always have, especially with Caleb Williams, you know, how a dynamic and elusive he is. You still got Austin Jones, who is, you know, he kind of played last year, especially when uh, Travis Dye got hurt last year. He put in that Pac-12 championship game. But I mean, Marshawn Lloyd, the transfer from South Carolina, looks like he's going to be solid. He's not going to be a, he's just going to be a solid down to down back, your third down, third and short running back that you need. And then Quentin Joyner is a younger guy who's got some juice to him, which is something you really like to see and see him, you know, go be and make plays, get the opportunity. So. Since probably like what Sam Bradford was the quarterback for this team. Right. And I mean, this team's got a while until it's real first big test against Notre Dame. But I mean, that that only gives them time to just figure out schemes and fits. I mean, I thought the interior of the defensive line in this game, I mean, obviously the transfer of Bear Alexander was, I, I thought he played fine and he obviously didn't fill up the stat sheet, but like he was able to get decent run fits for sure. And they, if you look, like, they're able to, like, I mean, this defensive line is very aggressive, and sometimes, like, I don't know if you saw, but that third and 22 play that ended up leading a touchdown for San Jose State, like, their edge rushers just crazy, too too much depth, and the quarterback was able to just step up and take off, but finishing up my thoughts, I mean, I think this USC team, very, it's, their defense is very raw, but I see where they could take a step forward, and if they can just, like, Bill, I think they just need more in-game reps at that point. Like, it, it's a very fair. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
we'll see i think this is definitely like a year where parody is definitely gonna be huge in college football for sure but i think usc is one if they can do even if they lose a game like if they just win that pac-12 because the pac-12 is a very competitive conference this year and like they're no slouch but Right. Yeah. I mean, they could ruin Oregon State season next week. Like, if Oregon State starts out 0-1, who knows what the character... I mean, we've obviously seen Uyugule, like, not thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think the the rushing attack's very consistent for Oregon State, and they obviously have guys on defense that are going to, like, they're going to be a team that's going to generate stops. But, like, with as scrappy and as like free-flowing as this san jose state team is especially on the offensive side i mean they're not gonna win by consistently driving down the field and like scoring points but they're a big play you know gonna get the yeah they're they're gonna be like they i mean i don't know if you remember but like they were not bad in the mountain west like a couple seasons ago and they i mean they they're able to go compete for conference titles in there and go make make like this is gonna be a bowl team that like you probably are going to have fun watching throughout the year, especially since it's a late night team. And if you're up that late at night. <laughs> That's not so fun to watch. I mean, I mean, oh, Okay, so I mean, Navy they fire their head coach. That's like tradi- like been their most like done most for their program in terms of success, right? And I mean, Navy's just never been a fun team to watch, especially offensively speaking. But I I mean, not to discredit Navy, they're not necessarily. I think they're just going through a rough patch, and we'll see. But I think this Notre Dame team, specifically on the offense, it looked a lot different than like traditional Notre Dame teams, like. You know, <laughs> Wake Forest. Yeah, like he's. Yeah, Estime is a guy that like he's gonna get maybe some All American mentions for for sure. Like he's the new he's the new Kyron Williams. Like I thought Kyron Williams was awesome at Notre Dame that's like one of the few players that like I'm like oh I can watch out for on Notre Dame because typically it's just been Michael Mayer and you know whoever's throwing dump off passes to him but like this rushing their rushing attack like even like Payne and Price got a little bit of playing time too and they still looked pretty electric Price was able to get yeah right right yeah and i mean even on the receiving aspect they got three guys that like i mean granted it's navy take it with a grain of salt let's see what they do who do they play next week they play i'm drawing a blank no no it's that's two weeks away they play they play again this saturday I just forget it. Yeah, we'll probably cover it at some point. But uh no, like I mean Great House 
had a phenomenal game. I, I really like the Colsey kid. I think their Colsey kid's going to be their down-to-down receiver on the outside and be able to, you know, generate big, like, consistent drives and, like, be a reliable target for Sam, Sam Hartman, kind of what A.T. Perry was for him So at Wake Forest. And then, obviously, Jaden Thomas, you know, he's a nice sec- nice threat. I mean, they got three receiving threats on this team. And, yeah. Not my, I mean, we'll see how this season goes. Not my personal take, but I mean, I, I see, I see a world. Yeah, I, he great at Wake Forest, obviously. Like, he's going to be a guy that I think can be successful in the NFL just because of how, how mature his play style is and how, a, I mean, he's been able to been, command two offenses now, like, pretty, like, productively, too. So, I mean, first game but i mean typically in the first game you see a lot of struggle from guys and he's he's and he yeah like exactly like hartman's a very he's gonna be able to be the leader for this team and this might be a sneaky team that like can make a college i mean they've made the college football put excited to watch notre dame almost (laughs) like (laughs) but like i i'm being yeah, Ian Book. Yeah, like yeah, even the quarterbacks before that. I mean, I'm too. I, yeah, but like now, I don't know. They look. They they definitely. Yeah, playing uh, State Clemson too. Like they're they're gonna be in some big time matchups, and I think they're gonna. I don't think I don't think they're gonna have the slip. I think with Buckner, he was just not like mature enough to handle the slip ups and the mistakes. Like Hartman's already been through that through his career. Obviously, being having over like three thousand five hundred career snaps already. Like he's ready for the big moment. All right. Yeah. Uh, you want to finish your thought on that, or you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, any any other week zero games you want to talk about? specifically i i kept my eyes on the ohio san diego state game until uh, curtis work obviously got hurt and then cj harris you know throws an interception and goes over eight in his first eight throws like uh, san diego state's not a bad team by any means like solid solid mountain west team obviously yeah yeah they're pretty yeah they were like pretty solid for sure i mean hoax definitely uh turned his career around with that team for sure <laughs> but i mean no like just this ohio team like i think i like they're if they don't if works obviously out i don't think they compete for the mac at the same level that they would with him I love Daquan Finn, dude. One of my favorite quarterbacks in the, the whole entire NCAA. Yeah, I, I love these bad kids. I mean, just to bring up one that could be for an NFL spot right now, 
Daquan Finn's a dog, dude. I love that kid. All right, let's get into our uh, first matchup going into week one. We got Florida State taking on LSU. You know, this is a tough week one matchup if you're both teams, too. Like, this is not the – they played it last year, obviously. That was a phenomenal game as well. Came right down to a missed kick. Uh, Our kicker, Nathan Dybert for our high school is on the LSU team. From what I've been hearing, he's probably going to start from all, all the kicking spots, but last year is just a place kicker. Let's see what happens there. Obviously, rumors are rumors. You never really know. But, I mean, Caesars has this at LSU 2.5 over under 58. Kind of give me your thoughts going into this game. Obviously not seeing any tape from these guys other than what they've shown from the spring and summer, but it's a different ball. It's a different ball game, obviously, when you're under the under the bright lights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Dalvin Cook and all those guys. This game is at Camping World Stadium, so I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah, I mean it's it's in Orlando, right? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, Florida State fans are gonna travel for that game, especially on Labor Day weekend too. Like, they they're gonna have work off the next day. Like, they're definitely gonna go there, and if they win, yeah. Yeah, like a transfer that I really like from this Florida State team is Fentrell Cypress. He's the kid from Cincinnati that like got pretty talked about a lot. And, you know, I mean, they got guys like Deloach and Verse too. Like they're going to like they have a ton of talent on defense. And I think schematically they'll be fine under Norvell and his system. Like he's been able to like be very good as a competitive coach, especially at his tenure before at Memphis. Like, I mean, Brian Kelly, don't get me wrong, can't discredit him as well. He's obviously been successful, but I just, I don't know. Like, obviously, LSU's got the talent on defense too, obviously, and like Harold Perkins and everything. And they also have a transfer I'm like, I have concerns about, but Denver Harris, very good athletically speaking, but 
how much how good is he actually at football we don't know he doesn't have too much film from texas a&m which that that whole college was a dumpster fire last year anyway so but like i like you said i don't know i think florida state they definitely are more appealing to the eye to me than lsu i don't i'm not a personal jane daniels fan i would rather have him start nussmeyer personally i think he's better i think he's more fit for the lsu system personally but i mean i like malik neighbors i like mason taylor on the off like their offensive weapons are good don't get me wrong but i just think florida state I think if they can start this game out right, I think it's it's kind of like the game to put one of these two quarterbacks on the map, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Jordan Travis. I I think that's how you kind of look at it. You know, which quarter because they're pretty similar in talent if you compare them in that aspect. But it's kind of like just the big lights, first big game. It doesn't make or I don't think it's as crazy to say as it makes or breaks their season. I think week one, like you look at a team like Utah last year losing the first game to Florida, which we'll get into that later, but. I, I don't know. I, I think more it's going to be like how it goes like in their conferences, which Florida State and LSU both have like fairly tough schedules. So, but. They've done it before. Like. I mean, if you, they had a very talented kid in Jermaine Johnson two years ago when this team was not very good either. And, I mean, it, all it takes is, like, uh, you bring in a lot of transfers, and we'll get into a team that brought in a lot of transfers later, but we'll see what how that goes. But, I mean, I don't know. They got a lot. I think Florida State's set to, like, win this game, but we'll see. Obviously, it, it comes down, and we'll obviously have more of a – in-depth breakdown of this game you know once we see these players on the field for sure all right transitioning we got the battle of the carolinas got north carolina taking on south carolina uh these teams are both very entertaining to say the least i i i i mean it's probably gonna be the one that i want that i'm gonna be paying attention to the most for sure UNC's favored by 2.5, according to Caesars, over under 64 and a half. That is. <laughs> but I, it's probably, like, if I were to play, place money on it, I'd definitely bet on the over. I am very, uh, these both these offenses are very, you know, like, yeah, it's, I'm. We don't, but also we can see how fast he can break down too. Right, yeah, I I didn't watch it too much, but like I've seen some, yeah. 
I mean, but obviously that was the right call, but still. <laughs> Coming into college, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm very high on Drake May. I've been on the air saying that, like, he is probably my favorite quarterback in college football, maybe other than Quinn Ewers, but. I just I the thing that bothers me about this North Carolina team is they were very underwhelming at the end of the season. I mean, losing their last four or five games with the talented receivers they had in Antoine Green and Josh Downs, like I don't know who his main offensive target's gonna be going into this season for sure. They're definitely there's a big question marks in that. They typically do put guys, you know, in the league, especially at the skilled positions. And I mean they got a running back in uh what's his face, Green. Who, played, who got carries last season as well. But, I mean, the South Carolina team, they returned their number one receiving threat in Antoine Wells Jr., who's one of, who was one of my favorite players to watch last year. Obviously, you lose two guys in Marshawn Lloyd and Jaheim Bell, both going to actually teams we both talked about earlier. But, I mean, I think that... I, I don't know how to put this into words, but I think South Carolina... I got them winning this game. As much as I love Drake May, I don't think the D- the UNC defense, they've never really been able to put stops together to begin with. I mean, you saw the first game of them last year against Appalachian State, and even throughout their season, like they're not going to win a nitty-gritty game where I think South Carolina can win a nitty-gritty game. And Unless they do some like crazy, crazy stuff. All right, well, we'll come back on Tuesday and see see who's picks right on that. No, but I, I get I get your point on saying like why you believe more. Like Drake May is more proven to me than Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler is just a big inconsistent weapon at quarterback. Like there's. All right. One last game before we hit a break. Uh, we got TCU versus Colorado. The This game, I mean, the line's TCU 20.5 over under 64. Obviously, TCU is a little bit more proven than Colorado just because of the big transfer haul that Colorado got this offseason with Dion being the head coach and everything. 
I don't know. I I think like a lot of people are like, oh, Colorado is going to be a five and seven team and all this, all that. Like if you look at if they're able to put this talent together and do like some crazy things, they might be like an eight and four team. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win the Pac-12, obviously, but I, they were bad last year. But like, I mean, we've seen teams like it, uh, this is actually a perfect example to break up. But if you look at Michigan State, like they were projected to do nothing when Tucker got hired, and it's actually funny because he has a connection to Colorado. But uh, but like, just saying, like, I mean, even with even with TCU last year, like Sonny Dykes not expected to do anything like USC even I mean obviously Lincoln Riley is more of a high profile coach with some you know history and has credentials like you know being successful right and I mean there was other guys that obviously came into like Brendan Rice came came in from I think it was Arizona I'm not, like it was Hunter yeah Right, and I mean, every, pretty much everyone on this roster like has been in the national, like was at that national championship game. The transfer that I really want to talk about, though, on TCU is JoJo Earl. I think he's a kid that might like. He's gonna. He has a lot of juice to him, man. Like I, I like using the term juice. He's got it. Like if you look at his film from high school, if you look at the film that he's put up at Alabama, like. He's a kid. He's a very. He's a crazy slot kid. Like if they had this kid on the team last year, like it could have been. I mean, they had Darius Davis uh, in the slot last year, obviously, but still, like I think JoJo Earl has just got that like fits that sixth gear almost, if you want to say. And they. They're not going to the. I don't like. I I don't. <laughs> like they're still going to be yeah especially losing that game to Kansas State like that like Like they're competing, they're definitely competing for the Big Twelve this year. Like there's no, there's no way like you're saying, oh, they're going back to the. Uh, Chandler Morris. So he was projected to be the starter last year before Max Duggan. And obviously Chandler Morris has injury problems and Max Duggan, who actually just got released today, uh, showed out, showed out from all season. I mean, he was able to compete for a Heisman and everything. This team also like had a lot of talent. Like, I mean, you had Hodges Tomlinson, D winners, Quentin Johnston, Davis, Kendra Miller, Dermacato. Like they had a ton of guys that just like we're not on people's radar at the beginning of the year, but they definitely showed out. I mean, we thought Quentin Johnson was going to be like, you know, a good like pick in the next upcoming draft at the beginning of the season. But like, you weren't like, oh yeah, TCU, you know, they might be able to have some problems. There is uh, one of the podcasts I listened to though, did say that TCU like 
is a was a dark horse big 12 like championship team last year which i mean that that's like that's a call that he gets to live with forever like i mean i i've i've had <laughs> Right, yeah. You still got to scheme it together and everything. College is more than just... Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm on the record saying, because I went to the first four games, and this is off off football topic, but I'm on the I'm on the record saying that Fairleigh Dickinson might catch Purdue, and, you know, I was right about that. So <laughs> that that's that's my uh that's my crazy take that ended up becoming true, but I've had a lot that aren't, so you kinda like you you, you miss all the shots you don't take. So that, that that's how that's how I look at it. Shout out Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I remember watching the spring game and like their receiving core. I mean, a guy that comes to mind, Caleb Mathis, which I don't know what his status on the roster currently is, but you know. They're like they have players other than just Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter. Like they put in a, a lot of guys, even from Power Five and Group of Five schools. It's not just oh yeah, all this Jackson State turnover from the SWAC to the Pac-12. Like there's other guys that are like decently proven. Like there's there's a reason why there's like maybe twelve returning players on scholarship for Colorado because they're just. I mean, it, they were not a team to talk about last year. They were pretty. Yeah, they were pretty god awful. But that's not to say that they're going to win this game. I'm going to pick TCU, but I I'm excited this game's Not that not this year. <laughs> we'll say that. Although I am excited. What was that? Uh, Kermani McLean. I'm excited to see him play as well. Yeah. Ooh. yeah that that's definitely because i mean we've never heard anything about travis hunter having a bad work ethic or anything like that so (laughs) he's a great dude too i mean i've seen him in a ton of videos with a ton of content creators yeah Yeah. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. The one other game we are really, like, that's scheduled to talk about, at least. We'll get into our own open discussion. But Florida versus Utah. If you don't remember last year, this game was actually a very thrilling matchup to see between these both teams. Obviously, Florida 
had the quarterback in Anthony Richardson, but still, I mean, you had Cam Rising, Kincaid, and a bunch of other guys on this Utah team that were pretty solid, but this game, we don't know rising status, so it's kind of in question, and it's definitely throwing off the sports books for sure. Wine at six and a half, according to Caesars. It was at four. I'm pretty sure it was at four and a half earlier. So, so maybe it's looking like Rising's return is gonna be. Maybe they're thinking it's more likely. I don't know. Whittingham doesn't really like to report the injury reports until like five or five minutes before. So, <laughs> over under 45 and a half, which I, that's definitely. I, if I were a avid better i would not take either because you don't know really how the flow of this game is going to go this florida team's very in question mark for me for sure obviously losing like they weren't very good with ar15 just because of how inconsistent of a player he was and i mean you even see with him on the colts he's able to make throws and then he just makes very stupid decisions so it's kind of going to be like a test like he's very raw for sure but I, uh, for this, I mean, I really like this Utah team. I really like Bernard and Jaquindon Jackson, obviously the former Texas quarterback that converted to running back, but I thought their rushing attack last year was a big part of the reason why they were able to be sacked. And I mean, also their, uh, transfer Michael Pittman too. Like he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to, I think beat, take that like wide receiver one, one role for sure. Obviously defensively, like the only big name that I can think of they lose is Clark Phillips. But I mean, this team, uh, Utah's tr- traditionally a pretty gritty, pretty, you know, fundamental football team to say the least. And then this Florida team, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they. I, I really like Whittingham. I think he's one of the better like if i had to give him a coaching grade on his career he'd be at a b plus like he's done more than a solid enough job in his coaching career as for florida napier i don't know i i don't uh, they're apparently saying mertz is like the uh been looking insane in pre preseason camp and everything but yeah <laughs> Uh, that that was because of one game against Illinois, but <laughs> just uh, he's not panned out it's it's a little easier i mean they have apparently a couple guy a couple freshmen um mikey matthews just for a name but i mean pearsall is a great returning slot too they both they bring back johnson and etn for run support the offensive line apparently they're starting a freshman left tackle from what i hear which uh, i mean he's got grit from great athleticism but i mean it's just it's very rare you see a freshman start especially at the left tackle position but hey who knows college football is constantly yeah but i mean still i i don't know what to expect from florida defensively i mean their interior on their defensive lines okay i the linebackers 
I think are a question mark. And I mean, it's Florida. They're going to get good DBs. I'm not really too concerned about that. They, they tend to recruit well at that position, but I mean, offensively speaking, they got enough weapons to make it work for them to be a consistent, solid, you know, hopefully make a bowl game. Cause if you don't Napier, you're going to be in a burning chair. So, but I, if they, yeah, <laughs> I mean, in more of like smaller uh, power five teams, obviously you have Neil Brown at West Virginia who, but like in terms of like big stage, big teams, like, I mean, other than maybe Jimbo Fisher, like I could see Napier being there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Right. This game, I get it. It's in Utah. There's no reason why this Florida team with a lot of unexperienced just change in the offense at least, why Utah should run all over them. But I think Cam Rising plays a massive role on this team, not just on the field, but on that sideline. I think he's the leader. Yeah. I don't even know who they would like. My expectation is they throw Nate Johnson in there, but even then, like they might have to go some wildcatter stuff. Cause like, I mean, you could probably throw Jaquindon Jackson back there and he can be like, you know, like serve. You don't want to have to be put in that situation. not even we're four <laughs> like <laughs> thursday thursday night matchup but yeah i mean yeah i mean i don't think like florida did not like i mean the receiving talent obviously wasn't great last year obviously anthony richardson was struggled to get the ball to receivers just because they weren't the greatest at creating separation but i mean it's not a bad it's not a bad line by any means and he's he's got he's got all like he's obviously related to travis like he's got all the yeah like Right.
Right. And I mean, this Florida team's obviously got a lot of rebuilding to do still, but I mean, I think Napier, I mean, he built Louisiana into a like near the top 25 being in like decent bowl games, winning the Sun Belt, doing good. Yeah. that's 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 something definitely uh that doesn't come around every day for sure i don't even know if i want to make a prediction on this game because like i but my thing is is that a lot of people are saying Graham Merrick's is going to be the next Bo Nix. That that's what that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I mean, they're not that they're not that. Uh, had yeah, he definitely had his fair share of uh, yeah. But I mean. that that that's probably the best way to put it in my opinion <laughs> but yeah all right let's get into open discussion what do you want what do you want to bring up first I yeah uh, to kind of feed off that I think if this is the year I think like obviously they got the best running back tandem in the country like they probably have like I mean Quinson Junkins personally my favorite running back in college football I think he's definitely going to be like a yeah Ole Miss running back because I mean because I mean Zach Evans very talented running backs but Quinson Junkins stole that show last year but no, to go back to the Michigan thing though, like it obviously best running backs in the country for sure. But if, if this were the team to do it, they have the receiving room to do it. Obviously, you have Cornelius and Roman returning. You got Loveland who really showed out in the big games last year. But the uh, Lemons kid, like he's definitely. I, I talked to you about this earlier, but I think like 
Yeah, but what Lemon? Yeah. I've talked. I've talked about both these teams in their springs. So, right. Yeah, I mean, no, like, I mean, I personally like McCord's, like, true, like, pure talent and his instincts, but, like, obviously there's something going wrong in that room if, like, they haven't picked a starting quarterback yet. Like, I'm, yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they just don't want to know about the weapons that, the weapon that they're keeping behind, but, I mean, I've seen Devin, I've seen Devin Brown's high school tape because he didn't play in spring very much, so, because he dealt with an injury, but, he looked very, I mean, he played, I think he played in the state of Utah. So like, take it for what it's worth. But I think, I mean, he's got all the arm talent in the world. Obviously he's got, he's got the mobility McCord, definitely a little bit more traditional of a pocket passer for sure. And Marvin, right. Yeah. They play Notre Dame week two, don't they? So they better. I mean, they'll probably they'll probably just <laughs> right. And I mean, if you don't know who you have going into that Notre Dame game, that's scary because I mean Notre Dame they do play. Okay, so Notre Dame plays Tennessee State this week, so they just kind of get another tune up game. But still, like if this Notre Dame team's firing on all cylinders against Ohio State, and you just don't. 
Oh, okay. So they have one more game to figure out before Notre Dame. All right. Youngstown. Okay. You know what? They might get into a shootout with Western Kentucky. I like Austin Reed, but. I, if I were to bet money, I think it's going to be McCord more than Brown just because McCord's been in that system longer, but we'll see. I don't know. Devin Brown's definitely, uh, he's got the high-end talent to be a, a QB1 at a Right. Think it's play JT Daniels, you know, former. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm very high on this Texas team. I was last year too, so I I think Quinnewers is like one of my favorite quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, early early enrollee to and reclass to Ohio State, got his NIL bag from Ford and then transferred over to Texas. I mean, this Texas team, they definitely have a ton of talent coming back too. So, well, I, I, I'm very excited. I'm excited to see him to play Rice first week, you know, just kind of put on display, put on a little show. But another a game that actually kind of intrigues me is this Washington-Boise State game for sure. Washington obviously with a lot of returning talent on the receiving and from their quarterback and you know they return a lot of guys on the front seven on the defense that you produced a lot last year for this team to be successful but boy yeah like I, I I love this Washington team very very talented very got a fun scheme play style and I think their defense is capable, like if you watch their spring game, like they're very capable of just making plays and getting stops, which is something that, you know, you don't know what to expect. I mean, obviously it's going to be a higher competition, you know, if they make it to the back 12 championship and make it to the college football playoff, which I think they're my dark horse team for them to do that. If I were to pick a dark horse team, but this Boise state team's definitely going to give them problems. They were a good team last year and I, I mean, they started out really rough, but they were able to put it together and everything. And I mean, they're traditionally like program history wise, like they're a very good team, but I think, I think they return their quarterback, obviously like, the, I mean, they get the, you know, the potato boys, the kids from Mont- the standouts from Montana, Idaho. Yeah. Like, well, we'll see. <laughs>
they got three receivers that like it, they could be the number one receiver on like any college football but like alabama could use one of those receivers but <laughs> i don't know what to expect like uh, even what they had but the, like they're they're Like if you're if you're relying on uh Benson the, the uh what the JUCO transfer to be like a big standout guy for you like more times than not that's not like a good sign especially if you're an Alabama team so Yeah, but he's also very good at putting on a poker face too. Sometimes, so I just I'm very concerned who they throw out there at quarterback. I I, I think if I think the smart move would probably to like maybe take like a rebuild year, which is going ten and two, nine and three, and just I I think Ty Simpson's definitely your guy for the future. I mean, obviously in their next cycle they get Aaron Nolan to come in as long as he stays committed. They have a good freshman in there as well. He's Ohio. Oh no, who's the? Oh yes, yeah, no, no, he's twenty four because he just he he was the quarterback that won the competition at the Elite Eleven this year. I'm pretty sure. So, I right, that yeah. So, that's totally my bad on getting my quarterbacks wrong. But you know, yeah, it's it's uh it's you know the cycles. <laughs> you know, players are switching, changing every day. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah like we're we're transferring three high schools in four years you know like <laughs> yeah definitely shout out dylan royola but yeah You want to hear my crazy dark horse team? My the TCU of this year, Louisville. Louisville is dead. Yeah, on record, dude. Like I, I like Jeff Brom. You know, he was able to do things at Purdue that like traditionally they have not been able to do. It. I like Jack Plummer. They get a ton of kids in the portal. They, they might like the ACC is not gonna be as competitive as it's been in years past. 
like you have Clemson, you have Florida State, but like other than that, I can't confidently say a team that's gonna beat Louisville this year. Like being honest with you. Okay, so realistic realistic expectations. Like, I'm saying they might be in the ACC championship. Hey, it, you, you, I mean, I'm assuming you know who Jack Plummer is, but, you know, they, they just, if, if, if there were, if there was a team for it to happen this year, it'd be Louisville. That, that's just what I'm personally saying. South Carolina. Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely like Right. That they. they <laughs> hey, I'm Jack. Jack. Jack Plummer. Like he was. Cal was. A, I'm not gonna say that, but they were bad last year. Like they. <laughs> and like I mean, they like Louisville's had athletes over the course of time, and I think if they were to like, there's a lot of juice there, and they're definitely gonna be someone in the ACC to pay out, pay attention for. All right, now let's get on to the flip side. Who do we think is going to be the most disappointing team in college football this year? Like, like expectation-wise, who do you think is going to disappoint? You know, realistically, I mean, I'm saying this as a fan, and I have full confidence that they live up to the expectations, but the expectations are so high that Michigan. Okay. Now, who's your crazy fall off? 
<laughs> yeah, like I, I get what you're saying with that. You know, they might, they might, they like they're expected to make the college football playoff. Like they've already done it twice. They're expected to be in the Big Ten. Right. Like the only team you could say that for is Georgia. Like everyone, yeah. Like that—that's the only team that you could really say that. I guess Clemson, too. In like years past, but like even so, like there's been teams that like you could probably think of like last year. Like we were like, oh, put all your money on Texas A&M. They're about to do crazy things, and you know they just obviously, you know, didn't. You they did the complete opposite. They didn't even make a bowl game. So. Tennessee, I, I, I had a feeling you were going to go there. I definitely see a world where they could be disappointing. All right. Yeah, that that's definitely fair. All right. <laughs> All right. For my team that I think is going to disappoint, like realistically, I think it could be Wisconsin. Like I do, like a lot of a lot of turnover. I, I could see where they in a world where they you know win the Big Ten West and obviously compete for the big 10 championship but i think there's a lot of a little bit too much hype around that team and i just don't think like there's like obviously you got braylon allen tanner mordecai but like there's just so much change like it's such a culture change and everything a lot of guys that stuck around like this could be a team that maybe just just not mesh well together to begin with and go like only seven like Yeah. Now you want to hear my team that like, you know, if they if the cards don't play right out early, they could be a bad team. I I I think Clemson this could be a year where they could like actually just not they could be they could be returned. Like I'm saying, like I'm saying not like I wouldn't say Dabo like because like he. I think like if they they could be a team that goes eight and four in my opinion like, dude this like this okay I don't know if you're yeah like they just like don't have anything that's like I mean Klubnik's solid don't get me wrong and Will Shipley's good and they got a lot of guys on defense but I mean this team's had the talent for the past couple years and just still like haven't been able to put out like yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like yeah. Yeah, like I mean, don't get me wrong. Very good football team. I'm not. I'm not discrediting the talent. I'm just saying, like, there's a way where their season can be flipped in an instance. And I mean, the, I think the ACC has a lot more parity than people think. That's why I make a hot take on Louisville. I think NC State could be back up on the upwards of trajectory with Mo Morris. Like, I mean, even Riley Leonard, Leonard and Duke, like, they're not going to be a slouch. I don't think people like. 
don't don't anticipate like this Duke team like had a crazy turnaround and went eight and four last year. Like it, no one no one really pay, no one takes pays attention to that type of stuff. And like you know if Clemson were to get have a bad first game, like yeah, and we can even look at their schedule, like look at it specifically, which this might lead into my uh crazy day <laughs> yeah uh we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it uh but like even like okay so you you play duke on monday night it's gonna be, and they're gonna have a short week next week obviously you play charleston southern hopefully not a problem if you're clemson fau i mean they get uh Tom Herman and I mean they get Casey Thompson to transfer and you know they might be able, now I don't I'm not saying FAU is gonna win but they might be able to po- poise a little bit of a problem over there Florida State yeah right yeah I think Florida State's very capable of beating this Clemson team if they stay on the right right path I think Syracuse I don't think they're gonna be that good this year just because they don't they they lose a guy in like Sean Tucker. And I just don't know if they're going to have that turnover. Wake Forest, I mean, mm, probably going to win against that. But, I mean, at Miami, if Miami turns it around, like, the way they say they're going to, like, I, I really liked Wap. Right, and, I mean, even even so, like, they actually, like, if you look at their, like, spring games and everything, like, I mean, the receiver depth's not great, but defensively speaking, they actually, like, look like they can put something together. And same thing with the O-line. Like, Maui, so... You know how Maui Goa, the big offensive tackle prospect, like his his brother, uh, very good. And I mean, they have a lot of guys. They they definitely are revamping things over there. NC State, I, I think that NC State's probably a win for Clemson, but like Notre Dame, they look like how they did in the first week. Like, who knows? Georgia Tech, they're a rebuilding team. But I mean, even the last two games of the season, North Carolina, which you're very capable of getting caught off guard if Drake May and that team gets hot. And then same thing with South Carolina, who did it to him last year. So, <laughs> I mean, I could be completely wrong, and I, you know, I, I could. <laughs> to set them up, like even even if they don't lose to Duke, like if you get exposed by a Duke team, who. You know, they don't put high expectations for themselves. You know, no no big head on the media is talking about this to you. Yeah, exactly. And they were and they return and they return their starting quarterback. Like so yeah, that that okay, so that that's my upset of the week. Obviously, you know, we don't have too much information to read off of from past games, but if I were to take a team that's gonna upset that that's my team. How about you? Okay. All right. That's, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you can argue. Yeah. Like, that. I mean, last year you had AR-15, you know. This is his, like, first time where, like, he's got to kind of build the pieces. Like, he kind of came into a team last year. And like they had guys still there, but like I mean they still they still have some guys. I'm not saying that they don't, but there's gonna be a lot more of his players and kids that he's brought in. Don't even get me started. They don't even know who they're gonna play on Friday at quarterback. So you know, I I didn't really want to bring that up just because I kind of I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, 
I don't know. I they're they're did you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean you know, they even last year, like, I mean, they they were bad, don't get me wrong, but like they shown flashes of like, hey, they could be like they beat a good Illinois team last year as yeah. Yeah, like I this is just a team that I think there was a lot of conflicting heads and I mean obviously you see Thorne transfer out, Keon transfer out. Like maybe they just need a fresh start in that locker room and a team just that like if you look at the Michigan State team, like they've never had like I mean I, I like the only superstar that they've really had is Le'Veon Bell and like recent member but like if you look like that team with Connor Cook, like there is no like standout name from that team that like you remember this point like they had guys like Jeremy Langford and like Burbridge like those were their two like offensive weapons and those guys really didn't turn I mean de- defense yeah yeah but like still like they they need to just like even like I mean Denard was a big player don't get me wrong but he's not like this like oh yeah They need a buy-in as a team, and I think if they were, there was a roster to do it, I don't even think it might not even be this year. This might be a year where they maybe like they just need to win a bowl game and kick it. Yeah. Yeah, who know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't like. I, I'll I'll say this personally. I don't think Purdue's doing that this year. But <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, all right. That's gonna wrap it up here. Thank you for listening. Check out the Spotify and check out the YouTube. Catch you next time.